Welcome back to Wrestling Ruined Our Marriage Podcast, and today we are going to do a review of SmackDown from September 17th. My name is Tanner, and this here is Cammie. Hi, guys. And let's kick the show off. So to start off SmackDown, we had Roman Reigns with Usos in tow, the bloodline, with Paul Heyman as well going down to the ring. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I love Roman Reigns' entrance. It's uh, like commanding almost, you know, acknowledge me. Yeah, so, come uh, on, dumb. Yeah, I like that. It's cool. So they're in the middle of a promo, and they are interrupted by the charismatic, energetic Big E. Yeah, Raw's new champion. Charismatic is like the perfect word for Big E. Oh, yeah. He comes running down to the ring, and I did notice as soon as he started coming down, I pointed out to you, I was like, hey, he is in a full New Day gear. The front of his outfit says New Day. The back of his little, I don't know if you want to call it a trench coat, cape, whatever it is, is mm-hmm. all New Day. Yeah. So a little bit of uh, what is to come later on. Yeah, some foreshadowing. Oh, yeah. So by the time he gets to the ring, he doesn't really even get to say anything. He gets in there, and then all of a sudden, Balor's music hits, and Finn Balor comes out as normal Finn Balor, not the demon. Yep. So he comes out, and there's a couple commercial breaks in between here. Balor comes all the way to the ring, and by the time he hits the ring, it's the Uso standing in there, and Roman's already gone. He's the hell out of that. Yeah, he just disappeared really quick. He He kind of vanishes. So... That kicks off a tag match, but before we get into the tag match, one of the things that we kind of talked about before with with WWE, and I don't know if they always do this on purpose, or maybe I just should kind of like turn off the brain, but they've already scheduled Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. You have the match with the demon right there. Why, why are you already putting this advertising out? Well, they did say, though, during... During SmackDown, that oh well, that could change. Yeah, yeah, afterwards. but not likely. But yeah, and that was after Finn Balor had to get onto Twitter and say, "Don't count, don't count your chickens." Mm-hmm. So uh, why couldn't you just hold off on that for a little bit? I get oh, that's pretty stupid. Ticket sales in in Saudi, whatever. But you should be able to hold off at least till the end of the pay per view, and then say, "Okay, here's mm-hmm. how it goes." And maybe this one is on purpose, so everybody expects Roman to win and move on, and somehow they have some crazy ending where. Where Balor, you know, can get in and it's a triple threat. I have no idea, but they they did the same thing. I told you with you know John Cena's shirt on the last yeah. um, we're at SummerSlam, I believe it was, and they do they do things like this pretty frequently, and it kind of drives me crazy. But anyways, back to where we were at. So by the time Fowler, Finn Balor gets to the ring, Roman vanishes, as you said, mm-hmm. and that kicks off a match with Finn Balor and Big E. Immediately gets kicked off against the Usos. Yep. And, you know, they start they start having their match. Uh, the commentators, you know, Pat McAfee out there with Michael Cole. Yep. And they mentioned, like, hey, I don't even know if these guys like each other, but they have common enemies, which is the Usos at the time. So so let's go. I mean, I think they like each other. Big E was doing the little... Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> With Finn Balor, so I think they like each other. So they go back and forth for a little while, and Big E pulls off the victory. I say Big E because he's the one that got the pin, but it was obviously Big E and Balor that mm-hmm. got the victory. And it wasn't really great match, just kind of getting the night moving into the direction it needed to go was kind of the, yeah. the point of the match. Um, you could see what's going on there. We said on last Raw podcast, everybody's been saying, okay, it's time for you know Bloodline versus New Day. You know it was setting it up, and so so yeah. here we kind of go. 
and that's how you get your story kind of kind of moving there. So we'll see. Hopefully that ends up being a pretty entertaining match between the two, you know, factions. After that, we move right ahead and we get Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Boogs seem kind of off the on on the intro today. I don't know or on he's not as energetic. Yeah, he's he was kind of not his normal screaming self. His tone was kind of off. He just seemed a little bit a little like bit lackluster, a little bit yeah. Yeah, so anyways, he introduced Nakamura. Nakamura comes down. They face the Dirty Dogs, and Boogs ends up getting the victory on there. And as Pat McAfee pointed out, Boogs is undefeated on SmackDown. Well, never lost. I wonder if that's come. some foreshadowing. Like, I, I feel like WWE is pretty good at putting these little subtle Rick. things in. Boogs. So I could see it maybe being some foreshadowing between maybe Shinsuke and him. So, I don't know. We'll see. They're a pretty good. They're a pretty good pair. So, they pull off the victory, and that gave you your entrance for Apollo to come back into the picture with Commander. I believe they they pronounce it Commander Aziz, and he ends up attacking Shinsuke Nakamura and Boogs. Yep. And basically says, "Hey, you've disgraced my Intercontinental Championship. I'm coming back for it." I still don't really know. Like, if I was, this is the stuff that. To me, when people say you're leaving wrestling because you want to be a pro wrestler, not these weird gimmicks. You have some cool gimmicks in WWE. You've had some iconic gimmicks there. When Commander Aziz went from his character, I mean, Raw Underground wasn't that successful, obviously. But he was a big, intimidating guy with, you know, the braids, kind of mohawk braid, white Reminded big, me, white like, beater. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. And they throw him in a coat and he's Commander Aziz now. It's just, I, I don't... When you walk to the back and you're like, I'm finally going to be on SmackDown and this is, I'm ready for my character. Let's grow. Let's be this big, intimidating character. And they give you Commander Aziz. I, I, I don't, who the hell came up with that and why didn't he fight for something different? I don't know. Anyways, so Commander Aziz and him take him out and that's setting up for the future. So it looks like you're probably going to have Apollo, to me, you're probably going to have a Apollo and Commander Aziz versus you know, Boogs and Shinsuke, and that's going to yeah. be kind of your next your next set of, of battles that. there. Maybe they get into some tag team action. I don't know what will happen with the Intercontinental Championship right in that point. But you have, you know, potentially a tag team there. Yep. And, and another tag team, possibly. Yeah. Depending on how much Aziz can start doing. So that finishes up. And next we see Mr. Happy Corbin rocking through the back. He's smiling. He's patting people all the way to the ring. He gets out there, and it is... I mean, did he just forget, though, that Shinsuke took his crown? Yeah, Kingsuke. <laughs> I mean, did they forget that part? I'm just wondering. I'm glad they moved on from that. That was that was forever to move on. I'd <laughs> much rather have Happy Corbin. I liked, as uh, as they were calling him, bum-ass or broke-ass Corbin. Uh, that was that was pretty good. I, You know, you got to have Happy Corbin afterwards, but I, I much rather prefer this than, than King Corbin. Mm-hmm. So he's coming out. He's supposed to face Kevin Owens. And before Owens even gets the ring, Corbin runs out and attacks him. Yeah, Owens was being interviewed in the back and then walked out. And Corbin attacked him and threw him into the screen. I think Corbin attacks people from the behind or in back, uh, you know, in the back area more than almost anybody else. Almost every single episode, whether it be Raw or SmackDown, he's involved in some kind of backstage altercation. Um... So ends up, you know, KO can't go, no match. <laughs> and this is where it kind of got a little bit 
jumbled. So who knows what's going to happen with, you know, Happy Corbin and KO. They're going to have to finish their feud somehow. Uh, we don't really have a... I'm sure there's going to be a match with them with Extreme Rules. We don't really have an Extreme Rules anything match. Everything that's been talked about for Extreme Rules has just been a regular match. So maybe that's your crazy match because, you know, these guys, they can put each other through hell. Yeah. Um, Kevin Owens is fun to watch. We talked about on the last one. I think out of all the superstars through all, all three brands, you know, NXT, Raw, SmackDown, I think Kevin Owens has the most to gain in a move. I think if he moves over to Raw, he can put a hell of a feud on with, you know, Big E over there. I think he can yeah. go up for the, you know, you got a United States champion, you got Damian Priest over there. He can help build him up. I think he has the most to gain in some great matches over on the Raw brand. We'll see what ends up happening. Yeah. Um, so back to the cluster. Well, Rollins comes out. They have him walking down to the ring, and man, that shoot, that suit is shiny. It's like aluminum foil. Right. <laughs> yeah, so he comes walking down to the ring, and they have him. You know, music hits. He goes down there, and then all of a sudden, they cut to commercial. They come back to from commercial, and Pat McAfee's up on top of the announce table, and he's talking about the college teams and pretty much throwing Michael Cole under the bus saying that, you know, he he loves Alabama and he loves Saban and he hates this town and this area. So they finish up that, go back to commercial again, come back again from commercial, and now you see Paul Heyman walking in the back and Kayla cuts him off, Mrs. Braxton. I think they must have had a lot of technical difficulties. I I think that's got to be the reason why it was jumbled there. It was kind of crazy, so... You get Kayla in the back with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman basically says Kayla has a crush on him. She's stalking him. Uh, God bless if, if you, that's the case. I wish I was him. Um, your thoughts? Wow. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I think that there were some technical difficulties because it did seem super jumbled. Um, they hopped around a lot, and that wasn't the first time, or that wasn't the only time in SmackDown that audio was lost, or it was kind of like, okay, we're just going to throw a flashback here. So I think there might have been some technical difficulties. So I don't know. Yeah, and what, what what's your thoughts on the Kayla Braxton, Paul Heyman area? She starts interviewing him. I don't know. I I'm, I would be really funny if they did that as a storyline where Kayla really had a crush on Paul Heyman, but I don't think they're going that way. I think it's just Paul Heyman. She's just the antagonist. Yeah. She loves getting under his skin. I think that's what from she's doing. She's just getting under his skin. But it would be funny to see. Because I think overall, and maybe I'm wrong, but this is just my opinion. But I am like a sucker when they always have like a girl and a guy. Like I like the mixed matches. They don't do those anymore. But I have always no, liked often. those storylines. I think that's why everyone really liked, you know, The Fiend and Alexa Bliss. Because it's the girl and the guy. I I'm a fan of that sort of stuff. I think it they makes it more interesting. They always say that it's, you know, a soap opera. WWE See, is. Start pulling have... the love stories. Yeah, in, have says. some, like, love triangles. I'm all for that. I don't know if I'm for that with I'm... Kayla and Paul. but <laughs> Not so... with Paul Heyman. But I'm just saying, I think it's more entertaining that way. Like, Otis and over. Mandy Rose was pretty fun. So. Yeah, you can just get people over bigger that way. So, yeah. with Who doesn't like Days of Our Lives? Come on. <laughs> with uh, Kayla and Paul Heyman, she starts interviewing him. 
He's like, hey, you have a crush on me? Just leave me alone, leave me alone. He turns around and bam, there's Big E, who has also been the antagonist. Big for... old grin on his face. <laughs> yeah, and he's also been the antagonist for Paul Heyman lately, just trying to stalk, you know, Roman Reigns everywhere. Didn't know if he was going to try and cash in on Roman. Didn't know if he was going to cash in on Raw. So he starts going back and forth with Paul Heyman, and out of nowhere, here come the Usos to jump Mr. Big E. Kick him right in the face. Kick him up, beat him down to the ground, stomp yeah. him. Uh, you finish that up again. The whole, the, this entire episode, flashbacks from last week and setting up New Day versus, you know, Bloodline. Was, yeah. And so you get that, you get them jumping in the back, and then they finally come all the way back after like 10 minutes. I don't know what the hell, because it's a live crowd. So what was Seth Rollins doing in the <laughs> ring the entire time all these breaks were happening? I have no idea. But they get back to the ring, and he's like, oh, somebody probably should have helped Big E. And he starts talking about his match last week with Edge. Poor uh, Big E. <laughs> right? So whatever he was doing, he must have kept kept busy somehow. But anyways, he starts talking about his ma- match last week with Edge. And to rem- if you remember last week with Edge, they you know he gets ambulanced out. Uh, Rollins ends up beating him pretty bad at Madison Square Garden. Him. They interview Rollins in the back when he after Edge gets into the ambulance. And they're saying, how do you feel? And he's like... I feel nothing. I don't know how he's supposed to feel. He had no idea where his emotions were, how he felt or anything. Well, took a week to think about it. Decided he wants to finish the job. The only way he can, you know, sleep well at night is to finish off the whole thing. So he, by the end of the segment, challenges Edge to a match and Mm -hmm. says, hey, one more match for me to finish you up and we will be ready to roll. So back to where we were. Edge is back in the ring. He says, hey, I can't sleep at night. I gotta get one more match. Oh, Rollins is in the ring, right? Yeah, Rollins is in the ring. He says, I need one more match with Edge. I want to finish him. And he says, hey, I I heard Beth, you know, she was was talking on one of the talk shows, or no, it was NXT. She was on the NXT, and she was saying he was recovering at home. She was like, hey, you're watching me. Let's go. The thing that was kind of interesting to me is he really went into detail about how he could feel Edge's neck crunch and things like that. He really went into depth on that part. Yeah. Well, can you just imagine, though, in, like, real life? I mean, I've done CPR on somebody before, and I've broken someone's ribs doing that. And that's just, like, ugh, it gives me chills. Anyway, <laughs> side note. So he uh, he's going to set up a match. That's probably going to be another pretty good Extreme Rules match. They yeah, haven't, I so. I'm guessing they're setting up, and that's going to be, you know, as violent as it gets, which Edge can do some violent matches. Let's see how, how violent Rollins can get on there. Yep. So you, you finish that up. And moving right forward, you finally get to see damn Tony Storm. It has been a while. She debuts, nothing after that. Then she finally gets a two-second segment in the back with Dolph Ziggler, blows him off, and, you know, that's all you get. And now she's finally in the ring, and she has partnered up with Miss Liv Morgan. Yeah, I am super excited for this. In my opinion, I think Liv Morgan has come a long way. And so the match starts off, it's against, uh, it's Liv Morgan, Tony Storm, and then Zelina Vega, and Carmella. The most beautiful woman <laughs> in WWE. Well, so they all start going, and then Liv Morgan, um, Liv Morgan trips and smashes Carmella's face into the turnbuckle. Yep. And Carmella's screaming that her nose is broken, right? And that's, that's pretty much the gist of the match. Um, she gets counted out. Yeah, she gets counted out. But they did announce, because um, Liv Morgan challenges her to a match at Extreme Rules. So they announced that it's official. She will be facing Carmella at Extreme Rules. And this will be, I think, Liv Morgan's first, 
like singles match at a uh, pay per view. So that's kind of cool. I really I like Liv how, Morgan. I, don't know if it'll I like be, her makeup. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be full singles because you you now have Zelina Vega telling Carmella, "Hey, you still are beautiful. You're still this." So they they've now officially become a team. Yeah. And you're probably gonna have Tony Storm be in Liv's corner, so you have a team there now too. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Right now, it's just <laughs> advertised though for the singles match. Yeah, I think it, even if it's a singles, you'll have somebody in the corner. But yeah, she's. I think they've definitely caught on that people want to see Liv Morgan, so they're finally starting to go, okay, let's go. And I don't know how much people can, you know, get through with where the hell has Tony Storm been. Yeah. Everybody all over on online and on social media have been asking for her, so yeah. let's let's start getting that push. I don't know why they do these debuts. I don't know if they, they all need to be these grand debuts, but you can slowly start working people up. Yeah. It's so weird to have this, you know, have her come down, have this big thing where she's coming and... You know, you do this whole promo package and she just vanishes. Like, I think if you look at it, like Damian Priest came up from NXT and he was debuted correctly. I think they pushed him in, in the right way. They Carrie, pushed him the right way because Miz can make characters. Well, but, he can make people. He can make people love him. He can make people hate him. You put people with the Miz and you're going to build their character well. Yes, but like what I'm saying is you see how Damian Priest transitioned from NXT to Raw and then you watch like Karrion Cross. Not so, not so good. It's okay. like first debut match, he lost, and then it's just kind of I don't know. The crowd's just not really behind it. Now I do think Karrion Cross needs a rapper. <laughs> but I think that last Monday, just on a side note, I think the way they depicted Karrion Cross with his promo and everything that was that's how he needs to be portrayed. But my point is, is that they need to figure out a way to transition all their NXT people when it's time over to Raw or to SmackDown the way they did it with Damian Priest because that's how you do it. That's how you get the crowd over. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) So you finish that up. You officially, as you said, you get the match with Mella versus Liv. We'll see how that one plays out. Should be pretty good. Mm -hmm. You'll finally get Liv to get a little bit of push on there and let's see where she can take it. Next up, you have Finn Balor on how he became the demon. Uh, The demon Finn Balor. back backstage stuff this week (laughs) and i don't mind the backstage stuff i think i like promos you know wrestling was built as we as we kicked on just a little bit ago it's really built off the soap opera you need the backstage talks you and to build characters you know just like you just had mentioned you need these promos you need to let these guys talk you need to let Mm -hmm. them get a feel for their character you can't just have somebody walk to the ring and have the announcer say this guy is a big bully and this guy is a dark guy and this guy's this let them build their character. Let them build their story. So you line. win the crowd over. I'm telling you. So soap opera it up. Yeah, just a little. So you get Balor, <laughs> and it's you know him just trying to say, okay, this is how the demon came about, and this is where you know this is what happens, and the demon chooses me, and they do this. You know, he's standing there, and then all of a sudden he transforms into the demon, mm-hmm. and you get Pat McAfee like, oh my lord. Yeah. So finish that up. And Demon versus Roman Reigns over at Extreme Rules. We're going to do an Extreme Rules, you know, like our thoughts, uh, our or, thoughts predictions. or predictions on there. So keep that keep that in mind. We'll see where that one ends up going. I, again, I hate that they did the, the Lesnar versus Roman. I get you need to get the tickets going right now probably, but anyways. Yeah, it, it, it kind of took away from, you know, the match between Finn Balor and Roman Reigns for right. sure. And then next up, you get Naomi backstage. She comes running up uh, to Sonya Deville. She needs to be pushed. I love Naomi. She wants her match. Sonya Deville's like, hey, we have a lot of stuff going on. We don't have time for you. Go, Sonya. Agreed. 
We don't got time for this. Whatever. I I love Naomi. So Naomi ends up telling her, hey, I've been on SmackDown longer than, you know, you've even, I've, I've got more titles than you. I've been longer on SmackDown longer than I've you. I've done more than you. I'm going to get my match whether you like it or not. So yep. we'll see what she ends up doing to get her match, but she's going to start, you know, beating the hell out of somebody backstage or something. I don't know, but she says she's ready for it. She wants her match. She's ready to go. So stay tuned on that. And then we move right on to Dominic Mysterio. He's got his little, you know, video package going on now, too. Uh, his own little intro. And you get, they do this whole thing where he says, Dominic says to Ray, stay in the back. Don't come out at all. I want you in the locker room watching me. And so Ray supposedly says yes. In the middle of Dominic coming down, Ray comes running down, and now he's on the announce table. And Dominic didn't look mad about it either, though. Like, yeah, hey, hi, Dominic. Yeah, they've been kind of saying, like, you know, me and you have talked. I thought they were setting something up between Dominic versus Ray, but Dominic just kind of said, okay. Ray goes so on damn there. long to set it up already, okay? If that's <laughs> the route they're going to go. I actually, I liked this version of setting up this this storyline a little bit better than what they've been doing before. Usually Ray comes out, you know, in the middle of the match or he's out there in the beginning, he's on the side. Trying to save him or, yeah. Yeah, and this, same thing that we just hit on again, you know, beating a dead horse here, but you get Ray's perspective. You, he's sitting on the sideline, he's like, hey, they kind of tell him, hey, you're kind of like the dad coaching your little league team. You know, you're a little overprotective here. And Ray's like, hey, I just want to get, we are training, I want to be here for every minute, and I want to be able to help, help guide him. Yeah. Um, hearing Ray on the side help pull you in a little bit more like okay i got it now and ray's like hey good job we worked on that this week we trained on this we worked on this reversal and so it really gave you like this idea that they're practicing in the back and they're working on how to Mm -hmm. defeat you know the evil Sami Zayn on there and i i just liked it it was a lot better i think dynamic and pool yeah i think so too i think it was a good angle for them to to do mm. in the end Sami Zayn still wins he's still victorious oh, poor but Dominic. Wah, wah, wah. yeah Ray <laughs> jumps in Dominic's obviously lost on there he's getting better and better Ray was like oh man he hits the 619 he goes up to the top you hear Ray going hey faster get up to the top rope faster mm-hmm. to set up you know this frog, frog, frog splash excuse me um missed it got hit with the double knees and yeah. you know it, it loses from there but yeah you see a little less frustration toward Ray at the end of this match and more just frustration kind of in, in himself general, on Dominic. Yeah. Uh, again, I like that better. Keep Ray, if you're going to keep the storyline going, keep Ray and his feelings on the side so you can yeah. hear the ups and downs that he goes through on there. That was that was a good way to put it up. And now, to finish up the show. We'll stop really quick because I think we did miss, at one point backstage, they interviewed Becky Lynch. And she was like, oh, they're doing a homecoming for Bianca Belair. I've never been to a homecoming. Obviously, kind of foreshadowing and letting you know that she's going to go crash this homecoming. Um, Becky Lynch, did you mean Becky Spice? I know, Becky Spice Girl. I, I don't know. I was like, I, I used to love the Spice Girls growing up. I loved them. That hair was a little rough for me now. I don't know if I can get behind that hairstyle. I dig it. Keep it rolling on there. <laughs> so... Finish off the show, you have Bianca Belair in her hometown. They're doing a big homecoming. And, you know, your host, no other than the mayor. Yeah, Kane. Kane. You like Kane. I like Kane. He comes out, brings out, you know, Bianca. They have all of her. They do a cool little video package showing where she grew up, the the towns that she Mm -hmm. lived in, the high school, everything else, college. She had him, like, sing the... I don't know if it's like the college song, pep song or whatever. She can do a lot of things, but that girl can't sing. <laughs> yeah, she cannot sing, but man, she is beautiful. But and 
Yeah, so she was out there, hometown, celebrating the fact that she's home and she's made something of herself, and that's really cool. Yeah, so Becky comes running down and interrupts everything and says, hey, you know, my night was before, my night over at SummerSlam, my night's probably going to be again over at Extreme Rolls, but tonight's your night. She ends up saying, hey, I just want to shake your hand. I'm going to be the bigger man. Yeah, and goes to shake her hand, and she actually goes to leave. I think she was truly going to get the hell out of there, was her intentions. Bianca's actually the one that held her hand, pulled her back in, and tried to beat her up. So she grabs her, pulls her back in, goes to beat up Becky. Becky's able to, you know, wiggle out of the move and sets her up for what they are now calling the manhandle slam. Uh... It's called the rock bottom, and that's what she hit. She hit the rock bottom on Mrs. Bianca, and that's called the rock bottom. The manhandle slam. You can't fool me. I've been watching that shit for decades. So, anyways, she hits the rock bottom manhandle slam, and that pretty much finishes off the show. And, you know, Becky heads to the back. Bianca got beat up in front of her hometown crowd. Yeah. So, that's going to set us. Bianca. Yeah, that's. That's a good feud. These two are, mm-hmm. are feeding well off of each other. So too. Becky's slow, tor- slow turn toward heel is making, you know, the the baby face Bianca even more pushed over. Yeah. I mean, she's she's made her even. There's a lot of people behind Bianca. Yeah, and she's even more. She was over before, but she's pretty. She's over and now. And there were people in the crowd with like her same hairstyle and everything. People really like Bianca. I'm. I'm all for it. I love it. Yeah, it should be good. So that's pretty much our recap. We are going to usually kind of do thoughts and everything as well. You get our thoughts through here. Let's hold off on that and let's finish up this week and do a little prediction show for our thoughts on Extreme Rules later on. Yeah, for sure. And sorry, we took a little bit of a break. We were a little sick and went out of town. I was sick. I was a little sick and our our child was sick. So... (laughs) It was just a little break for us, and we are back, and hopefully we'll be a little more consistent in the future. I take my vitamins. 